This episode of What the Tech is brought to you by IT Pro TV, an easy, entertaining approach to online IT training. Visit itpro.tv slash what dash the dash tech and use the code WTT30 for a free seven-day trial and 30% off the lifetime of your account. Harry's. Stop messing around and get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer. $13 value for free. Just cover the shipping by going to harrys.com slash what the tech. And by Hover. Find a domain name for your idea. Go to hover.com slash WTT and get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's hover.com slash WTT. Hover. Domain names for your ideas. Hey everybody, welcome to What the Tech. I'm Andrew Zan. Of course, I'm joined by Mr. Paul Therat. You are, uh, you have not moved. You moved back home. Is that what happened? Um, After all I that, moved. I'm, I'm, I'm home. I'm at the current home, the old home. The old home. The old folks home. Yeah. The white padded walls. Um, you're <laughs> yeah. not, you're not in uh, Pennsylvania. No. Um, when is the official move date? Do you have one? Oh boy, it's a little more complicated than a date, uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, basically, so, I mean, I'm home this week and next week Then I'm gone for two weeks, uh, because of our home swap. And then the following week we're going to Pennsylvania, but just to move some stuff and to get my daughter into her orientation. And then that weekend, which is like the 19th, 20th, the movers are going to come and take all our stuff. And then on Monday, I don't have it in my calendar, but I think it's, no, Tuesday, we're going to close on this house, and then we're going to drive to Pennsylvania. So I guess technically the day we move is the 22nd. Wow. Things are moving quickly. Yep. Very quickly. It's going to be really displaced. Very displaced, yeah. Um, You know, we we have not really spoken too much, and I have some news for you. I'm going to break after talking about IT Pro TV. Mm-hmm. Some, some huge breaking news that okay. I want to. Uh, is this huge OJ related breaking? It is not news? huge OJ related breaking news. Uh, the OJ parole is happening right now, and I'm watching it on on something that I'm going to discuss. Actually, I'm watching it on a device that we're going to talk about. Uh, I sure. do want to. I do want to say this. The show is brought to you by IT Pro TV. The U.S. alone has more than a half a million open tech positions with cybersecurity jobs at the top of the list. Are you and your IT team ready? To fight off the latest cybersecurity threats at IT Pro TV Online, IT training uh, can help you fill in that gap, and you can be prepared for what lies ahead of you. IT Pro TV has over 2,000 hours of on-demand training with more than 125 hours added weekly. That's actually tremendous if you think about how much content is added every single week. Uh, you could do they do everything from basic IT information to very very um, you know, ethical ethical hacking and courses like that, which is amazing. Uh, the other thing is they have stuff outside of IT, which um, uh, I really like, like Photoshop and, and things like that, which is very beneficial to a lot of people. Check out IT Pro TV at itpro.tv slash what hyphen the hyphen tech and find out how IT Pro TV can offer you and your team the best IT training. You're going to get a free seven-day trial when you sign up. 
For an individual monthly membership using our offer code WTT30, WTT30, and you'll also receive 30% off your subscription uh, and the lifetime of your subscription, which is amazing. Uh, go to itpro.tv slash what the hyphen the tech and use the code WTT30 and try it for free for seven days and receive 30% off the lifetime of your account. I want to thank IT Pro TV for supporting the show. Let's take a moment, Paul, and talk about a uh, a major change in my life. No, I'm not okay. talking about. I'm not talking about getting a that, job. Um, the I'm, gender change thing we were talking change, about. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> changing sides. Uh, it is a major pivotal point in my life for the first time in almost a decade. I am a PC user. Oh, officially. That was not what I was expecting you to say. No, no, I don't think a lot of people were. (laughs) Um, So I have my Mac in front of me because I I had to do some stuff for work, and I'm still transitioning to a PC user. So you are transitioning. I am transitioning, and I have this unbelievable HP EliteBook, uh, which I I believe you have it too, and I'm watching the OJ hearing actually right now on it. Um, uh, So I've been, over the last week, um, I think we spoke about this a while ago, how... You know, a lot of a lot of times when it comes to computers um, and, and our preference, it really comes down to not being used to whatever the other side offers, right? Um, for me, yeah. it was a big jump from Firefox to Chrome. Humongous jump for me. I, I had a very difficult time doing that because I was so used to the way that things are. It doesn't necessarily mean that one is better than the other one, but... Um, oh, it means that. Well, in this case, it probably does, right? <laughs> in, in this case, it, it, it quite possibly does because um, everybody knows my terrible macbook pro chronicle that i was listing here for everybody for over over a month and a half um and it really opened my eyes at how a lot of the things that i really enjoyed about having a mac has kind of gone away and the pc market has kind of taken over you know at the time that i got a mac for the first time the pc market wasn't creating these beautiful ultrabooks uh the hardware wasn't great uh you know i was not a fan of windows 8 and that probably kept me away for a while. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, you know, things have really changed. And almost everybody's creating these beautiful devices and beautiful ultrabooks. And, and you know, from, from top to bottom. I mean, I have a Lenovo here. It's an idea pad. And it's ultra thin. It's okay. It's fine. It was like 400 bucks, But everybody's producing these beautiful devices. Um, and I've been a huge fan of HP for a while now, you know, with the Spectre lineup and everything. So I got my hands on an Elite Book right here, that I'm doing a long-term review with. Paul, for yeah. about two weeks now, I've been using this. Uh, right. One week every day. It's become my computer, and it's becoming even easier. You know, the mm-hmm. more I use it, the easier things get. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about this, because you, you've you actually used this device. Um, mm-hmm. You also have a Spectre. And I, I, I think a lot of the audience will be shocked to know that I'm probably going to stay as a PC user when this uh, long-term trial is over. Wow. So, I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> um, I feel I feel pretty good about that, Andrew. Um, so, the, for people who don't understand what that is, um, the HP Elite Book X three hundred and sixty is what you have, right? The it, yeah, the new, the newest yeah. one, whatever the the the, mm-hmm. the latest one with the privacy screen. Yep, with the privacy screen. Yep. So this is the uh, kind of a business take on uh, the uh, hello, the Spectre X three hundred and sixty yes. or any other kind of transforming you know two in one type thing. So it spins back on itself, and you can use it like a tablet. 
Um, but because it's a business laptop, it has some uh, differences and some security stuff going on and, and lots of other stuff like that. It's, um, I haven't done, I haven't tested this one extensively yet, although I do have it. Um, it's in the queue, but the one thing that's really notable about that machine, I would say compared to the consumer products, just from using it from an individual standpoint is, uh, the keyboard is really good. Yes. Like it's uh, not that the other ones are bad, but like the keyboard's notably good. Yeah. So, um, that that's kind of the reason why I got this because I've been so uh, vocal about how terrible the MacBook's keyboard was, the the new yeah. one. And they did get it; they, they they modified a little bit with the 2017 model, which I have in front of me right now, and it, it is better, right? But it's still it, it's lacking something. You know, they they went to this; it's a different way that they're doing the keyboard, and that was something I really liked about the Mac because the keyboard and the trackpad were great. I have to tell you, uh, let me actually this up here. I could you, I could hold it up. So here it is, right? And this keyboard is unbelievable. It's a, I yep. mean, really, I know, I know, uh, we're gonna have Mike Nash on in a, com- in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I know that he really believes that this keyboard is probably the best in class, the best keyboard probably in the PC market for these yeah. laptops. Um, and uh, you know, I've been using it extensively for a week, you know, full time for a week, two weeks uh, in general. I have to tell mm-hmm. you, it probably is a true statement where this is probably the best keyboard in the market wow. right now. Um, I really like the throw. You know, you know. Normally, when you go to a new computer, do, do you have this problem where there's like a little bit of a curve? Like it takes you maybe a couple of days to kind of get used to it. Oh, always. And that's actually one of the worst things about reviewing laptops is how often how that often happens. You're changing over. You know? Yeah. Um, with this, I had a very. Uh, it wasn't that much of a difference. You know, it wasn't that much of a learning curve where I was hitting the wrong key. You know, instead of hitting S, I was hitting A or. I was hitting Q instead of, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. happens, you know, because you're typing so fast. I did not have this with this device. Interesting. Um, I, it was, it, it, it transitioned very easily for me. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to point out to people, too. Um, it has oh, you a pen have it, loop. too, there. Yeah, and I lost my pen. Look, there's a pen loop. I because, you know, the uh, HP's business machines have these features that, you know, you wouldn't put in a consumer device. So this supports smart cards, which is kind of a increasingly legacy but uh enterprise feature and for those people who don't have a smart card but want to have a place for the pen they have a little card that has a pen loop on it and it goes into the card slot and then you'll never lose your pen nice well well that's not a true statement because i did lose my pen but i did not lose the <laughs> i did not lose the loop well, I, I think I that was i think that's user error <laughs> yeah i'm sure it is um I, yeah, i'm gonna tell you something i really i'm really enjoying this device i i really am and you know, it's a higher end device. It's not a entry level PC. It's I, I can't I, I don't know the pricing offhand, but it's it's yeah. not a cheap device. But yeah. I was very surprised at how happy I was more than anything else because it. <laughs> I am know, also very surprised. Well, using a platform for ten years, you know, I, I've been using a MacBook for about ten years now, and to go over to a PC and say, okay, I'm going to jump right into this, right? And that's pretty much what happened. I jump right into it. I did turn off all my services, though. I, did, I, I went to the task manager and I shut down everything. Um, one, it is a premium PC, by it the is way. A pre- it's yeah, twelve fifty to nineteen hundred, depending on depending on the model, which yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, and this is the higher model. This is the i seven. Uh, yeah, whatever the storage is, five twelve or whatever it is. Yep. Um, yep. But I have to tell you, you know, this this speaks. It's interesting how HP has changed over the last couple of years because. I went back and I was looking at the archives 
And we were essentially saying how it was over because they were out of the PC market. They were leaving the PC market a couple of years ago. That's when we first started doing oh, the show right. together. You're that and, guy, that's right. Uh, Apothecar, whatever his name was, uh, the CEO at the time is like, yeah, we're, we're just going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, now, uh, you oh, know, they, they're building unbelievable. I'm seeing more and more of these specters out in the market, you know, in, in the real world. Right. Not, right. not the little bubble that we're in, but it, it is interesting how, I'm enjoying this, and I didn't think I would enjoy it as much. Obviously, there there are some things that because it's it's not a um, it's not a consumer product, right? Like the speakers no. are okay, no, but it, but you know it's yeah. important to position this as a business version of the yeah. Spectre X360, yeah. which is a consumer product, right? And so HP makes what I consider to be probably the single best, if not you know tied for single best. Um, convertible PC on the market, right? The yeah. uh, Spectre X360. And this is the business version of it, all right? And so there are kind of pros and cons to that approach, but um, there are definitely some improvements over the X360, uh, the, the Spectre X360 that are in this device. It's interesting. So I got a couple questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the first premium PC that I have bought Right. Other than okay. what I build. Right. Other than desktops and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I, I haven't really purchased a premium laptop. I've bought, you know, stuff for the studio, which I'm not going to spend hundreds of dollars. I'll probably spend maybe three or four or five, but not, you know, close to a thousand. Um, there were a couple things that I really, really liked. Um, one, it's that HP and some may say it's where you could do this on your own. You know, I'm sure you can find drivers, but finding drivers is very easy now because they put it. You know, there's, they have an application yeah. that you just run and just updates all the drivers, updates the BIOS. Um, do you like that or do you find that annoying? You know, I, I find it necessary is, is the way I would describe it. And, you know, you can configure that thing to just kind of do it, you know, like you don't have to deal with it. And I think that's probably the right approach. So right now I, I, have, I have nine updates. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at my. Um, yeah, so the HP support app, uh, whatever it's called. Um, so let's see. I'm going to look. I got a sound. I would card say in the uh, keyboard, device access manager, uh, more mouse. I got to. I got to change my hand here. So I mean, in in this in the PC space, PC makers handle this a little differently um, from PC maker to PC maker. Uh, Dell has a support or a, a driver update utility that runs in the tray. It ha literally has no UI. There's nothing to it. It will sometimes prompt you to say, Hey, there are drivers up to, you know, available, but it, you, it never pushes a window up. It just does it. Yeah. Um, I, that pr approach is kind of interesting. I, I think people like to see stuff. I do too. And, yeah. And oh, <laughs> what was that? that was Siri. What does she and want? She was going to give me schedule information for the next Lakers game, is what she was saying, because oh. I live in Los Angeles, apparently. Uh, obviously. Anyway, um, the way HP does it, the way that Lenovo does it on ThinkPads, um, I kind of prefer. You get a nice UI. You get to go in and say, I want to do stuff. You know, I think some people want to have that reassurance that they can configure yeah. things and do things. So Th this, is, this is the first time that I've actually had a positive experience with this because <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because 10, uh, go back 10 years, you know, go yeah. back a decade ago, a very different world that we were in. And, you know, as someone that's in the PC market, you know, someone that covers technology, I use these devices, but I don't extensively, extensively. I have been using a Mac. I have not been using a yeah. PC every day. And even though I'm very much aware of what's happening and, you know, with Windows, because I use a desktop and I have Windows on it and I use it there every day. There are PCs out in the world. It's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, this is the first time that this is my, my real device. 
in yeah. 10 years. And I'm thinking, I remember those driver update applications. They've always existed, but they were so crappy. They never worked. They were never supported. They were never updated. And I, I don't know if this is like, because this is an enterprise device. This is a, this is not, you know, a consumer device that they're so adamant on these updates being done properly. But I'm guessing it's across the board now where these updates are always done. Yeah. You know, I've had this for about two weeks, and this is like the fourth time I've run this application. Oh. So, I mean, you know, look, it, you don't have to run it, right? It will, you know, you know yeah. in the old days, you know, it, actually the old days, like two years ago. Two years ago. Um, <laughs> this thing, and, and actually Lenovo did the same thing. Like this thing would sit there in the tray and run all the time. It was like a giant icon um, that you kind of had that you could get rid of. It. But it, they put it up front and center by default. Um, I don't know on this particular machine. I don't remember. But I, I, I believe that the way this works now is the first time you run it, it will say, hey, did you want to put this in the tray? Do you want to leave it out? And you can say no, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, you can configure it to just do this stuff in the background. You don't ever actually have to run it. It will, you know, it will do it for you. Um, yeah, you just don't have to worry about it. No, yeah. I, and that's fine. I mean, I, I like it. You know, it, it's I like that you could do BIOS updates so easily. <laughs> you know? Jeez. Um, All right. <laughs> these are things that I look forward to in the, being a PC user. I, this, again. this is a little goofy, but I, I noticed this. I was using the Surface Book today, and I noticed this now using this device as well, which is that th- there's been a real push to go full bezel-less and, and make smaller and smaller devices. And so if you think about something like, actually, the Spectre X360, it's a 13-inch it's a screen. But it's in roughly a 12-inch form factor. And yeah. so the, the a device itself is smaller. And so those devices, not only does the screen go right up to the edge of the, you know, the panel, but the keyboard often does as well. And so you don't have a lot of extra room in there. And theoretically, that's an awesome thing because obviously you get a smaller and lighter device. As a result, you put it in a bag, you barely notice it, or you just carry it around, it's super light, and it's all that kind of stuff. But I have to say, like, I, I kind of... As much as I understand why that's nice and why people like it, I find sometimes that those devices can feel a little too small to me. Maybe it's just because I'm a bigger guy or whatever it is. But the Surface Book, for example, has maybe a half-inch, three-quarter-inch um, space on either side of the keyboard, and it has you know bezels on the screen. And this device, because it's a business device and it needs certain um, attributes that you wouldn't worry about in the consumer market, like the ability to c- replace components easily because, com- you know, enterprises might want to do that. Um, it needs to pass uh, more durability testing than say like a consumer device would actually has, you know, maybe let's say half inch bezels on the left and the right. And as a result, it's, it's still super thin and light. It's under, I think it's, I don't know, two point something, you know, 2.8 pounds, something like that. Yeah. It's not like it's a big, heavy, bulky thing. But but what it is is it's it's just to me it's kind of right sized like I actually prefer a little bit of a bezel. Not it's so, not that I prefer the bezel. It's that I prefer what happens to the rest of the body as a result. Yeah. So for me, um, you know what I mean. I was just talking about this to somebody where I don't want to compromise the keyboard right for the yeah, form factor because right. what I would actually prefer is a is you know let's say it's a thirteen inch screen. Right. Let's mm-hmm. say it's a 13 inch screen and, and, the, and it's a smaller form factor because the screen is going the entirety of the, the screen. There's yeah, no bezel. Yes. Exactly. I, I would rather have a larger screen with the old form factor. Would a, you know, Thank keep you. the that, size you, you, but make yes. the screen bigger. 
Yes, you just said what I was finally arriving at in my head, <laughs> and if I had been thinking clearly, I would have come out with exactly right. Uh, well, my my, of, my statement was not too articulate, so no, no, it, you, no, but you were you you fell right into it. You're, that's exactly right. In, in instead of going smaller. instead of taking a 13 inch device and put it putting it in a smaller body, here's an idea: keep the body and put a 14 inch screen in there. Right? I, so I, I'm all for that. With this particular that. machine, I mean, um, I would say maybe for Gen 2, there's room for that. But um, I prefer this overall. Yeah, because and, and the screen is a little small on this. Well, it's it's a 13-inch screen, it's right? 13, so, But yeah. I think the reason it may look a little small is you've been using a Mac or if you use any of the other really modern consumer devices where they've gone full bezel-less, um, what makes it the screen seem small is that there's a, there's a bezel around it, right? Yeah. And you're kind of not used to that all of a sudden. I but thought I'd anyway, whatever. It's, so, I, uh, this is a, you know. Well, you know, you know what's daunting? Um, my MacBook, I have the 15 mm-hmm. inch. Holy crap, this thing is huge. Yeah. This yeah, is not. Uh, walking so, around with this thing, you know, and this thing is light. Uh, actually, let me show you how the privacy screen works. I don't know if yeah. you guys can see this. This is so pretty wait, cool. On, let me see if it. Hold on. I just uh, it might not make it. a difference, but because you're it's hard to see. Yeah, so. And what's neat about that, by the way, is it's it's not like a thing you put on it. Oh, so here we go. You it's can built, see it, okay. It's built into the screen. So you see how I'm holding this like this? I'm going to hit the privacy button. Mm-hmm. It's just, you just see a glare. You don't see the actual screen. Right. Which is pretty cool. Um, the, thing that, the thing that's so alarming is how heavy and big the 15 inches compared to this. Yeah. Uh, very, very different types of devices. Um, I, I, I'm actually surprised Apple doesn't make a 14-inch something, you know? Why would they? They don't have to do anything that you yeah. want. It's only what they want. Well, uh, but it's it, to me, that's kind of the Goldilocks. Yeah, the 13-inch <laughs> you know? is a little too small, and the 15.6 is a little too big, so you kind of want to be in the middle. 15.6 is, uh, is way too big, yeah. is what it is. There's something weird about it. Like, it gets really big. You know, you know, they used to sell a 17-inch laptop. And people imagine? bought it, and people were buying uh, yeah. it. People were buying it. I, I remember those things. One of my friends had it. He would walk around with it, and I asked him why he wants it. He said he wants a bigger screen. You know, it's amazing how we've gone backwards with that stuff. I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up. I'm going to be using this more, and we're going to be talking about it on the show uh, next couple of weeks uh, regarding you know how my transition to using a PC has been. And uh, the only thing that i'm really struggling with is iMessage. yeah that is the one thing that i you know cannot is... get past and there i'm sure someone's gonna send me a link on how to make it work you know there's <laughs> this like a there's something you could do to get iMessage uh, on this thing but i don't want to jump through there... hoops you know i don't want to jump through mm-hmm. hoops um and that that says something, right? Uh, would you, how will it impact the the Mac market and and iOS if they open up iMessage? Because remember that was a rumor a couple year, a couple months ago, right I, before the I, new year. Yeah, you know, obviously they did it with iTunes and Windows back in the day when those were the big platforms. They did it with Apple Music right now, uh, putting it on Android, and so you could make this case. But the thing is, Apple doesn't doesn't have. A web interface to iMessage, I don't think, unless I'm missing something. No, um, they don't. No, which you no, would. I guess they don't need it on the Mac because they have, they obviously have the native Mac stuff. So, um, I don't know. I, I I I don't know that I ever see that happening. 
I mean, on Android, that was the interesting discussion. Well, they put it on Android, and apparently they had a yeah. beta that they were working on right sure. before the new year. And I don't think it's that's a smart good, move. Andrew. I don't think that's too a smart good. move for them. You know, I, for me, I'm locked into you know the what? platform because of iOS. Apple would instantly become one of the most popular Android messaging solutions if they did that. Yeah. I think it would happen overnight. Yeah, but how, what do they gain? What do they get from it? Yeah. You know? Well, remember that um, increasingly as you look to the future, what we're talking about from like revenues and so forth is is services. And Apple has turned iMessage or whatever the message is, whatever it's called, into a platform, right? They're delivering bot-like uh, capabilities through messaging just like everyone else is. I mean, it's also um, the, a, a driver for adoption of other platforms. You know, you might have someone who aspires to own an iPhone. They can't afford it. They could get really an expensive Android device. It allows them to take one step into that ecosystem. And between that and, say, Apple Music, it, they have a positive enough experience. It might be enough to push them to an iPhone for the next time around. So it, it I, I, I really do think it makes sense. You th- you think it'll push someone to to an iPhone? If let's say on Android you got i iMessage? Yeah. So imagine like like I said, you know, so you get this person, I think there are a lot of these people, they just can't afford an iPhone, you know. But they have people who are friends of theirs or family members who do have iPhones and they and you know how it's iMessage is like um it's like a TiVo. People talk it up. You know, there's green and blue and you want to be one of the, you know, you don't want to be one but you want to, you know, that kind of stuff like if you could be in on that and feel included in that while you're waiting, you know, because you can't afford the actual phone. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's um, is that a, a thing? way to help people is, make the is, transition. Is the green or blue a thing? It is. Oh, just talk to my kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely with the kids, I know it is. Yeah. The other thing is Apple does cloud-based backup of all that stuff, right? And so this would be a way to do a cross-platform migration that would save your text messages. Yeah, think, it, right? it's interesting. You know, you look at Microsoft and, and that, that's kind of been the argument, right? Why is Microsoft putting all their services on all every platform? You know, don't they want why? to keep anything right? <laughs> well, 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 why? Because but, they have but, to, Andrew. But, but also they make a profit with these applications that they're putting on. A lot of yeah. the office is available everywhere and you got to pay for office. Yes, that's true. iOS is not going to charge you. I mean, I understand iTunes being on there. I don't know. For me, I would say iOS on Android a year ago, I would have said I can't. I would love this. Now I would say I don't know if it's if it's an investment worth for Apple because why would you leave the platform other than you know for the device? You know that's one of the few things that Apple has over everybody else is that they actually okay. have a messaging platform well, that's universally let used me, amongst let all me users. Flip my argument on its head. Yeah, um, which is maybe the reason you don't do it is because this would also be a way for people to leave your platform. You know, that you you just said that one of the sticking points you have is iMessage. Well, what if you could get iMessage somewhere else? Guess what? That wouldn't be a sticking point anymore. You don't need to own a Mac. You don't need to own a whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's an interesting discussion to have, and now that I'm on the other side, um, as much as I'm on the Mac side, it, it, I'm noticing little things. Like, I like the Photos app, obviously, uh, I, I, these are things that actually I want to work with you over the next couple of weeks, and, and I'm going to build you know these questions of okay, well, what do you use to manage your photos? You know, like what's what's the app on Windows now to do that? Well, <laughs> it's funny you say that, Andrew, because 
There is an app. It's called Photos, but I don't use Photos to manage my I photos. I don't think I anybody use, does. I use Google Photos. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, the, the Photos, you know, Microsoft used to have a great app, um, Windows Live Photo Gallery, right, yeah. which was fantastic for managing photos, but also for, you know, sharing them, turning them into slideshows that you post on YouTube and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at it now because it makes me so sad, but the... The current app is such a sad, it has nothing to do with the old app. It has nothing to do with it. And so I think the the primary thing here is it's a way to see your photos no matter where they are and assuming no matter where they are is on a disk on your computer or in OneDrive. It's not extensible to other services. But it also gives you um, what I would say are fairly decent editing tools uh, and they've gotten better over time. They used to be really... Um, kind of toy like, and now they're not as you know. There's still still something weird about UWP apps where the buttons are all super big and everything. I don't know. It's just kind of childish looking to me, but it has the basics. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's not a ma- management is not the right word. There's no management occurring, right? It's just I guess everybody viewing. does Google Photos. I, I mean, yeah. that that's the answer to this question, right? It's just Google Photos. Google keeps making Google Photos so much better in ways that are almost alarming. Yeah. Like they're awesome. And then you run into these things where you're like, man, I, I want, you know, this is perfect, but it doesn't do this one thing. And then they announce that one thing. So, you know, for example, the, search. the, the sharing. Hmm? Search. Well, search is obviously yeah. search. But, well, okay. By the way, here's, a, here's this is a true story. Um, I was in Pennsylvania last, I guess not last weekend, but the weekend before last. And, the house that we're buying is my sister's mother's house and my father used to live there. And so they had all their stuff there. It's like, it's a full, it's like kind of a cluttered mess. My stepmother, as I'll call her, um, apparently saved everything that has ever come through the house. Like no one knew she was doing this, but there's all of my sisters have like boxes with all their stuff in it from like high school or when they were kids, whatever it was. And, um, anyway, I was walking through the house and it was a box and it was open. And what was at the top of the box was a high school letter jacket with an S on it for Sandia Prep in Albuquerque, my sister Beth, and it had some pins on it, I think, for volleyball. And it, it's maroon, and they were the Sun Devils. I don't know why I remember that, but that's also the Arizona State University um, mascot. And I looked at that, and I said, I have a picture of Beth wearing that jacket in 1987, hmm. and I'm going to show it to you right now. And I pulled up my phone, and I went to Google Photos, and I typed in Albuquerque because that's where the photo was taken. Scroll, 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 scroll. There it is. <laughs> and I do some version of what I just described all the time. Me too. It always works. It always wow. works. It, you, you can say, give me like a word association game. And, you, and you, you'd be like, have you ever been to Italy? And I'm like, yep. Here are the pictures. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Well, I um, I was searching yesterday. I was looking at a photo I took at the Mets game two years ago, and I just put in baseball, and there you go. Showed right up. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that when you search for baseball, Mets comes up? Uh, yeah, because they actually they <laughs> See, play that baseball. Seems like, that seems like a mistake. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> it might be a mistake. But it pulled up the image two years sure. you know, in. It, 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 it pulled it up. Oh, I'm watching. I thought I thought they announced the release of OJ Simpson. They have not announced anything yet for people I mean, interested. Well, you gotta, you uh, really got to come. No, but I, listen, this. The, the, this is this is the um, you know. So I I actually was searching. Um, you know, I was reading about the latest updates to Google Photos, and 
You're right. You said that, and there was another one you were saying, the sharing feature, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you know, I take all of our kind of family photos, uh, especially when we're on, like, you know, vacation or whatever or some kind of a trip. And um, my wife will often ask me, like, how can I see these pictures, you know? And so I, I do make an effort to back photos up so I can put them on, like, the NAS, for example. I put them in OneDrive as well, although that's automatic. And I, and I show her, like, here's how you get on the NAS. And she's like, yeah, but this is photos from, like, six months ago or ten years ago. Like, what about the photos we took last weekend? Right. Yeah. Well, now you can share your photo, your entire photo collection with anybody you want. And uh, my wife and I have done that for each other. And so every photo we take on our phones, uh, we can see in Google Photos. We can add to our uh, own collection if we want to do that. Um, and you can copy them back and forth and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 one of those things like it's not just common sense. It's like not just really good functionality. What it basically shows me is that Google actually gives a crap about getting this right, that they're serious about this, right? When I look at the Microsoft stuff for this kind of thing, I I just don't get that feeling from them. Um, Yeah, we're going to do photo backup because everyone's doing it. You know, oh, look, Google's doing like a daily recap. I guess we'll do that too. Like here are some memories from photos that were taken on the state and like Apple it's never it and it's good. never never as good either. Apple's not it's doing never a, as good. Yeah. So why is that? Why why is it Google, Google is serious about getting this right. Google is serious about stealing this from these other companies. Yeah. Like they they want people to use the service. And by the way, you were talking about like why would Apple put iMessage on um, Android? Well, why would Google put Google Photos on iPhone? Everything. You know? Yeah. Um, their ultimate aim, I mean, obviously they want Android to be the most popular mobile platform in the world, and it is, but what they really want is eyeballs on, on their online services because those eyeballs drive usage on all their other services and will ultimately drive revenues in the form of uh, advertising. You know, so in, this is what they want. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. To see how well I mean, what's, the, what's the advantage to Microsoft in some ways? There's, yeah. You can make the same argument. You, know, you try to keep people in the ecosystem, that kind of stuff. But you're already dealing with, like, th- there's no thing they can switch to that's you, right? Like, if someone's using an iPhone, they're not switching to some Microsoft mobile thing. <laughs> there's no, you know, they might switch to Android. So you don't get that. Like, there's no element of that. And I think that's one of the big pushers. Microsoft's primary revenue stream uh, may eventually be online stuff, but today Azure, the big you know enterprise stuff, is three four percent. The you know add in all the cloud services, it's twenty twenty five percent something like that. But this consumer baloney is zero point zero something percent. It's nothing. So you know they have Bing, but Bing you know Bing is not a big deal. I don't think. I mean, nobody who isn't a Microsoft fan or doesn't even look at the defaults in their browser uses Bing. I mean, no one would ever choose Bing. <laughs> like the I mean, no one. I hate to say normal. I don't mean but, like that. But you but get the rewards, Paul. You get the you get the rewards. Yes, that's that's nice. You, get you know what point. the real reward is? Uh, is the service that works. That's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. The one that I listen. I know people that use Bing. They just don't something? know they're using Bing. Yeah, that's what I. That's that's yes. That's, that's those are the people that are using. I mean, listen. Obviously, they're already. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience uses Bing, but. Uh, no, I, a lot of people buy a PC and they load up the browser and it's Bing and they have no idea. Someone hits F1 anywhere on Windows 10, you go to Bing. That true? That is that a Windows joke that I'm not aware of? 
Um, what now, was the comment? If you hit F1, you always use Bing. No, that's... that's no. It was a joke. Yeah. Uh, you could actually get to Bing from F1, but... Yeah. Uh, Paul, we do have a lot to talk about, but I do want to continue, and I want to talk about our great sponsor, and that's Harry's. What do you love the most about shaving with Harry's? You know what I love most about shaving with Harry's? How easy it is. And how it lasts. It, it actually, that, that's the most uh, amazing quality of Harry's because the, the actual blades are done very high quality. Uh, they, uh, the handles are done very high quality. Actually, where is mine? I just, actually, it's right across over there. I have three boxes of Harry's razors that I'm giving away. I ordered, and Windows is booting up. I'm giving away to relatives uh, over the next couple months. So I always stock up on the Harry's razors because it makes an unbelievable gift to anybody in your family. Uh, but what makes Harry's better than everybody else is the fact that you are paying uh, way less than what you would do for a very similar blade in in the in the, the, the drugstore. Uh, Harry's offers their blades at half the price, like I said, of the leading five-blade razors selling directly to you over the internet, which works well. Uh, they also own their own German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience. To ensure the highest quality. So you were getting high quality blades. And over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's. Uh, claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. $13 value for free. When you sign up, just cover the shipping. When you go to harrys.com slash what the tech. That's harrys.com slash what the tech. You get your Harry's razor. Just cover the shipping. $13 value. Absolutely free when you claim your free trial offer. Uh, these guys are unbelievable. I absolutely love them. And uh, they, they love you, too, because they've been here with us for a long, long time. Uh, Paul, let's talk about what you've been using um, with your move. I saw the post on Therat.com about cutting the cord. Yep. And uh, I want to know what you're actually cutting <laughs> and what you're not cutting. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about this because I know you have a yeah. lot of experience with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I, jeez. <laughs> because I have a friend that cut the cord, but he literally cut the cord. He has no yeah. cable coming into his house. He only uses, oh, uh, he has unlimited Verizon. And mm -hmm. where he's located here in New York, he gets about 60 megabits down and about 45 up. And he has the unlimited plan and he thinks he could get by with it. Mm. So, <clears throat> I mean, I have a literal cable coming into the house because we have to have cable modem there, right? So it's uh, RCN. It's internet only access. We didn't get phone or TV service, right? Okay. It's probably. Let's see, I did see the first bill. I want to say it's it's sixty dollars a month. It's seventy dollars with the cable modem. I could buy one, right? You can actually buy a, a retail cable modem of a certain kind and not you know lease theirs, um, which I might do. You know, we'll see how it works out and. Taxes and fees, it's really 80 bucks a month for the service, right? It's unfortunately the best that I have where we are, yeah. right? It, it's what I, what I have to do. I mean, I could get gigabit Fios fiber here for probably not much more than that, but okay. So it's 330 down. It's 20 up. Okay. More than enough for you. I mean. Yeah. I wish I could. You know what? I would, I'd pay more if I could if get, get 40 it. up and just kind of have that wiggle room, you yeah. know? Um, okay. All right. There you go. So I, I wrote about this, but just, I, it's still, I don't know why this fascinates me, but like I mentioned my, my father, that my father, when he was still married to 
my stepmother, for lack of a better term, uh, bought this house uh, 25 years ago. And, and over the course of whatever amount of time he was there, he, they, he did various things to the house. He built an addition on the back, which wasn't necessary. He worked at Lutron, which is a lighting company. So he put on all these lighting controls, which are now really dated. Um, there's some weirdness to the house about um, its electrical heat, which <laughs> like, like seriously, but it's like radiant heat in the ceiling, oh. um, which to me is really bizarre. But what this means is um, there are separate controls for the heat and the and the cooling, like the AC. Okay. Um, and so there is literally a thermostat in every single room in the house. You can individually, oh, but only for the heat. So you could go into any single room in the house and change the temperature one degree in whatever direction, and you could have different little heat maps all over the house. Like oh, it's wow. a weird. So it's it's kind of cool in a way, but it, also a lot of micromanagement when you think about it. Okay. Um. And then there were two um, control panels of completely different eras for the AC, you know. And then there's this weird stuff like, you know, there's like one room that has like two thermometer or th- th- <laughs> thermostats for the heat and one for it. It's really, it, it's, I'm going to fix all, everything I just described, I'm going to try to fix. I can't replace the heating system. I mean, it's what they do there, but. Is that I, a common I, thing? Electric heat? I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I know, I, I know what electric heat is, but I didn't, is that like a common thing in that area maybe? I Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> so, what do you have right now? Gas or yeah. oil? Gas. Okay. So we don't have a gas. And our stove is electric there, which we're not happy about. We may actually eventually get like a propane tank just to have a um, uh, like a gas stove. Yeah. You know, I, I, I find the electric stove thing to be a little weird. But anyway, okay, sorry. That's a lot of stuff. But um, one of the other things my father did, because remember, this is back in the 1990s, right? He ran coaxial cable throughout the house and so not quite every single room like obviously not the bathrooms or whatever but all of the bedrooms um, all of the kind of living room type rooms i think the kitchen too um, has at least one coaxial you know panel like a you know the coaxial circle with the, yeah, the yeah, panel yeah. um did some you of them not have, have two. did you not have hmm? that at your house we have one or two left over from before in fact i was i i made fun of what i was just describing and then we came home from one of the trips, and I noticed in the corner of a room, there's like a cable thing, and I'm like, oh man, like how did I not see that? Because we just painted the whole house. I would have gotten rid of that. I don't. No, we, not, we it, have um, we have coax cable running my entire house. I mean, every well, every single room has a coax going in mine. This is what I'm describing. So yeah. the house that we've had fiber for over ten years. I don't even know for a long, long time. So there is coax in the walls in my house, but it's not connected to anything. Like it's, it's all disconnected. It, it doesn't do anything. How did you run cable then? Um, well, because we don't, they don't use coaxial cable with Fios. They, you know, it's ethernet. No. For, for, yeah. for TV? Oh, for, uh, excuse me. Sorry. There is, sorry. That's not true. You're right. You're right. From, so what the, yeah, there is one coax for the TV. Yeah. So the, um, although the, the, the the DVR itself doesn't. There's no. Let me think about that. Is that true? Yeah. No. It's coax. I, yeah. I don't think there's coax going into it. You have to have. Let me look at the box. Where's the box? Oh, it's up here. Um, let's go to the tape. Yeah. There's one coax. I think you have to have coax into the what? It's not a cable modem. Let's call it a cable modem. The router. Yeah. The the, um, the action for, tech box. Yeah. 
But you gotta, the thing is, you gotta, the, the thing that's, you do, right, you do, for that one purpose, I'm sorry. The, yeah, we do have that one line. But I, I think going into that box, I could be wrong. So you the ONT collect. for Fios, the ONT yeah. is outside. The yeah. ONT, yeah, yeah. the coax lines go into the ONT, right? So okay. the ONT has like, let's say that's like the end of it. three or four of them, and then there's splitters also. You can connect okay. to the ONT. So the So it's like a the last mile thing is coax. Yeah. So it goes it goes right. to the house, it's fiber, and then yep, 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 from that okay. box that's on your house, it goes yeah. coax yeah, into no, that's everything. Right. Okay, okay. Uh let's not get sidetracked. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Andrew um, was right. The, the for point once. is my the new house is all coax. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all coax. Yeah. And um I it, it's it's weird, like this coax that goes off and like in the cellar, you can see it like goes up and, the, and it goes, you know, it goes out everywhere, and it's everywhere. Yeah. And so um, the other thing that's one thing that's kind of notable, and I think this is actually really cool. The one thing I really hate around here, it's probably true where you live too, is all of the services are delivered on wires from a telephone pole to your house. Yes. And so you get those, you know, all the yeah. wires that, you know, kind of come over. Yeah. And obviously during storms, trees go down. This is underground. Truck could hit the pole, whatever it is. So in uh, in the area of Pennsylvania we're at, all that stuff is under the ground. It's buried, yeah. And uh, that's actually kind of cool. Now, I don't know what it would take to upgrade service. Like if they actually had to do the lines over, I don't know how that works. I'm uh, sure they have to dig it, it out. No, they have to dig it out. My friend uh, updated to upgraded the um, Google uh, Fiber, mm-hmm. yeah. and they put the line down, and one of the neighbors came and was irrigating, I guess, the lawn. <laughs> uh, and f- like he was doing okay. some sort of irrigation – and he cut right into the line. Okay. Oh yeah, but I mean, you should. I mean, there's got to be a system where they can string it through the ground. Yeah. You know, so I don't. I don't know what. I don't know exactly how it works because everything is above here. You know, you got the telephone yeah. poles that you're writing yeah, yeah. on. I, I, you never realize how old some of the stuff is until you move to like a newer development. Like my house was built in 1903, and and, and yours was yeah. built what oh, 1950s. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but yeah. your town has existed forever. Yeah. And now you I go mean, this into is an old day. Listen, the the place I live, uh, they they pump out the sewers all the time because it's, they're not working correctly. The correct solution is to dig up all the sewers and replace all those yeah. pipes. They're never going to do that because no. that's going to cost millions of dollars. But what they are going to do is still spend millions of dollars just patching it as they go. You know, so it's just it's the way it's just you know whatever. Well, the, so this the, development the good, is probably the, the MTA way of doing things, huh? Amtrak's <laughs> way of doing things. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. So the. Yeah, so there's a wire that comes in under the street. And so, uh, in other words, for RCN to come in and add the service, as it turns out, they had had RCN there at one point in the future, in the past, sorry. So all, he didn't really have to do much. Like, you basically just find a, a port in the house that has a signal. It has to be within a certain range. He's got a tester for that. And there were a bunch of them. And he's like, where do you want it? And I could just put it anywhere. And it's just, it just worked, like, instantaneously. It was great. Um. And then I put on, uh, you know, the Google Fi, sorry, the Google Wi-Fi um, mesh networking thing. And I put the access points around the house, and that works fine. And so uh, the first thing I want to – anyway, so now we're kind of set up. And so um, we're going to use our cell phones. We're not going to have uh, a home phone. Yeah. Um, some At some time in the past, unknown to us, our home phone stopped being like a phone line phone, and it became a VOIP. Yeah, you know, VOIP, yeah. VOIP. V-O-I-P. A VoIP phone. Um, so what's the difference? Like, why pay extra for that? We, we have phone numbers. We don't have to change them. And the only question there is going to be signal strength. You know, if they're going to work well enough, do we need to get a repeater? You know, we'll see how that goes. 
Um, but as far as like cord cutting, like there's no literal cord cutting here, right? There's well, you're not doing cable, right? You're not doing miles cable of cords in the house. But yeah. um, I'm going to remove every single one of those. Co- uh, well, minus two or three, but almost all of those coaxial things are all going to be removed. You don't like it? It bothers you. Oh, I listen, listen, I'm going to. I'll take some uh, some pictures of the switches in this house. Like there are panels. There's a room like my dad added on that's got like a fan in it. It's got sets of lights around the fan. The sets of lights, of, you know, blah, 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 yeah. whatever. And then there's a control panel with five things on it next to a control panel with two things on it. Some of them are dimmer switches. Some of them are knobs. Some of them, it's like, it's the most ridiculous combination of stupid. And you can't tell. What you basically do is hit something, see what it does. Nine times out of ten, it doesn't do anything. And then you hit the next one. You're like, okay, that one's the fan. You know, or whatever. It's like it's ridiculous. Are you doing any kind of home automation? So that's a good question. Because so, now that you're going into someplace, you know, new, this is when to start. Yeah. This is when to do it. My brother-in-law worked at the same company that my father worked at, Lutron. Um, he doesn't work there anymore, but he works for oh, kind they're, of a they're one similar. Of the, they're one of the biggest home automation uh, manufacturers yeah, they are. in, in the right. world. Yeah, that's right. So. Um, I had no idea you worked for Lutron. You know, I I changed all my light switches. To that company. Yeah. And so I, okay. So I talked to my uh, brother-in-law about the, doing this because A, I was like, first, all this switch, this baloney, this is all going. My wife and I are through, through going out and visiting uh, that house that we're now buying, but also my brother-in-law and sister's home, which we've stayed at many times now, probably 10 years plus. They have all these stupid Lutron switches all over the place. Right. And so the ones in the house we're buying are old fashioned now because they're old. The ones that are at my sister's house are a little newer, but they're, you know, they're still whatever. But it's the type of thing where you have to kind of like double tap it to get the lights going all the way. Yeah, and then yeah. there's like a sliding scale and there's all this stuff. And there's, a, there's you know, one my, with a button, wife, there's one with a knob. Yeah. Yeah. So my wife and I both sort of feel like, look, when it comes to lights, nine times out of 10, there might be exceptions, but we want them on or off. You know, pretty much. And so, like, a switch would be fine. I don't care if it's a flat switch. Yeah. Um, you don't want a dimmer. The, the, the old-fashioned switch is fine. So we've resolved that we're going to at least simplify this. But I was talking to him, my brother-in-law, and I said, look, I do want to talk about possibly doing a home automation thing here. And so uh, I don't have to decide, you know, today. But when we get out there at the end of August, we're going to have a month or so of time where, you know, the whole house is being painted. I have to decide to... I'm going to remove most of those coax things. The boxes that the switches are in now, I'm probably not going to remove. But I need to decide this before we paint it because if some of them are going to be removed, I want to, you know, I want that all done correctly at the right time. So I guess what I'm saying is, in about a month and a half, I need to figure this out. So I wouldn't mind. <laughs> this is going to be a weird phrase, but I wouldn't mind some light home automation if that makes sense. And I, I don't mean lighting. I mean I don't want like I'm not looking for like a computer dashboard where I walk around and makes you know set scenes and shades go down and stuff like yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna do that kind of stuff. But no, see, the I basic like that. lighting type stuff, like the ability to um you know uh like for right now we don't do this, but we we could if we wanted to, away from home, turn the AC on or off, like because we have a new AC. Like we could do that remotely using an app right now in our current house. So that's kind of interesting. The the ability to say something like um, we're away from home and we want the lights to come on at night and be able to program that certain lights. You know what I mean to make it look like someone's there. Yeah, so, I, I. So here's I, a good question for you. I see the need for that. Is it too much micromanaging with home automation? Do you think is it is it necessary? And and I had this discussion with somebody. Well, 
because okay. I've dived into a little bit of home automation. I've changed some rooms, and it's not cheap. It's very expensive. Yeah, no, that's that's right. It's and, expensive. And when you yeah. have an older house and you have a bunch of outlets and you got to change everything over, it, it, you can't. It's crazy to do everything all at once. I think we counted one day on the show, and it was something obscene how many outlets I had. And oh, how many listen, light switches I, I had in this house? I'm going to take pictures of this place. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe how many panels are in every room. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and they're yellowed. You know, they're kind of like the – they were probably beige, but now they just look yellow. Yeah, the plastic. Like you have that plastic uh, yeah, 80s awful. problem. Anyway, I that's what I meant by light home automation. I don't want full-blown, stupid, expensive – fully automated electronic baloney. I want to be able to walk in a room and hit a switch and have a light come on. So, um, yes, I I do think you can go too far. We're not going to do that. The goal here with all of this stuff we're doing, whether it's TV or connected speakers or the lighting is to do it right, you know, to, to get it right and, and not to have a mishmash of stupid, disconnected, incompatible, you know, different things. So, yeah, Yes, very much. The goal is to get this right. So I, I, this is not my, this is not something we were going to fix before we got there. It's something we're going to fix right as we get there. It'll be one of the first things we do, actually. So I'm going to sit down with him and go through each room and, and figure that out. And so we'll, yeah. I guess we'll see how, you know, where that goes. Paul, I, I had a couple more questions for you, but before mm-hmm. we continue, I want to talk about our sponsor. That's Hover.com, domain names for you. If, if you like, uh, you're like me and you purchased a bunch of domains... Uh, these are the guys to do it from. I have about 300 domain names, almost 300, 280 something domain names. And it was all over the place. You know, I had some with those other guys. I had some with hover, a majority of them were with hover. And, um, I recently transferred a whole bunch and I actually transferred domain names to Leo. I don't know if you know this, Paul. (laughs) I, I, I had a domain name that I did as like a bid on the air and I gave it to him, you know, and it was so easy to transfer because he already had an account. But they have a great offer. If you go to hover.com slash WTT uh, slash what the tech, I'm trying to figure it out because I don't have the copy and the billboard is wrong here in uh, in the uh, show. It says Matman. You could use that too, but that is not what you're going to do. You're going to get 10% off your domain name purchase. Uh, they pride themselves on the lack of upsell. They do not try to upsell you. They don't try to hit you with private registration and this registration and that registration. It's easy breezy. You go, you buy a domain, and you're out of there. You're done. Uh, go to Hover and uh, get 10% off. We'll have the link in our show notes. Um, and you can buy it from there. So, Paul, I, one more question for you before we wrap mm-hmm. it up. Uh, do you have a meeting at 3, you said? Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Um, and then I'm going to do a little bonus recording on my own talking about this laptop here. Uh, before I leave. So if you guys have any questions in the chat room, stay tuned and, I, and then I'll answer your questions about you know my transition into using a PC every day. Uh, OJ Simpson was granted parole, by the way. He was. He was granted parole. He's getting out October October 1st. The juice is loose. <laughs> um, how I soon... That should send a chill down anyone's yeah, back. Can, can, I, can I just say this? Um, mm-hmm. at what, what month does OJ release the Juice is Loose podcast? That is amazing. Because I'm telling you right now, he's going to do a podcast. OJ Simpson is, is going to get a podcast with, with Podcast us. One. No, no. He's going to Podcast One. I'm telling you. I, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. 
OJ's going to go to Podcast One. He's going to have a weekly podcast. It's going to get hundreds of thousands of views, and it's going to be all about OJ's life in prison. Right. It's going to be called o- The Juice is Loose. I'm telling you right now this is happening. I'm telling you. I see the future already. Mm. My God, they, they can't nail this guy, huh? Eight years he got in prison. They're letting him out. By the way, he got eight years in prison for... Stealing I mean, back his memorabilia back his that L.A., uh, the state of California, said that it was his. I know. It's crazy. So it's amazing. It's amazing. It's crazy. Uh, now we could go back to looking for the real killers, says Swamp Rat. Absolutely. Oh um, so before we wrap it up, Paul, Too um, soon. Too soon. next week, what's your schedule? Are you here? Or I'm no? home. You're home. I'm okay. Home. So we're doing yep. the show next week. Okay. Yep. Um, I do want to take more time with you. Uh, and talk more about the PC stuff. Oh, by but the way, we yeah. never even talked about the TV services stuff, so we should talk about that next week. Okay, we'll I really, talk, yeah, we'll I'm talk about that. I'm definitely going to need help with this. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that because uh, my buddy Josh just sent me. He signed up for YouTube TV, and um, I've been using YouTube TV for a while because I go to work and I pull it up on my laptop. But there is a right. major, major problem with YouTube TV, and it's the fact mm-hmm. that there is no supported box, you know, set that box that supports YouTube TV yet. Only a Chromecast supports it when you watch oh, it on okay. the TV. Well, that's okay. I, it's, I, I, I could make that work. You can make it work, but it's not something that I love. I, I want it there. Number there. two, uh, I absolutely hate Apple TV. I've determined that it's terrible. Uh, wow. Okay, that's okay. Uh, there's nothing better than the Fire TV, in my opinion, right now. So I want to talk you, more you, about that you, as well. You. Yeah. <laughs> you have a serious Fire TV problem. I do have a Fire TV problem. I hated the Fire TV. Now I'm back to loving the Fire TV. The wonderful, wonderful device. Wow. Uh, I do want to talk about that and a whole lot more, but I know Paul has to go to his meeting. I'm going to continue this. So, guys, stay tuned. We'll talk more about uh, what I've been doing using a PC. I know Khan is in here. I know Swamp Rat's in here. Suncast is in the chat room. I know that they'll send me a couple questions uh, to talk about this. So uh, we'll continue with that. I want to thank all our sponsors today. Go to our website, gfknetwork.com. Subscribe to us. I know the schedule's been all over the place. It's all Paul's fault, not mine. <laughs> uh, and I promise True. you, it's gonna. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get easier. The schedule's going oh, back to normal. It'll make it worse before it gets better, but it, it will yeah. eventually get better. It'll get better once, once you come back from your vacation. But no, I, no, 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 yeah. not then. Ooh. That's gonna, when it's going to be the worst. When yeah. I come back from my vacation is when I do all the moving stuff. It's going to be like a week or two after that. Okay. So I, I spoke to Mary Jo. We're going to have Mary Jo Foley on. We're going to have Brad on. I got to talk to Brad. Uh, I have a couple line of Michael Mann is going to come on again. Uh, Stevie Richards is going to come on. Michael Mann is Stevie Richards. Same person. Same person. Different name. Uh, and then I think we're going to have Mike Nash on. So maybe we should have Mike on tomorrow, next week. What do you think? Sure. Okay. Let's have Mike on next week because uh, I think it's an interesting discussion to see yeah. where the PC market's headed and how it changed, you know, for him as someone that's on the inside. Yep. And we're on the outside looking in. All right, guys, that's it for this week. We'll see you all later.